Hello, I'm Lori Wondra of Your Life Core, and you are listening to Messages from the Universe. Here, I deliver information from the mastery realms related to astrology, planetary influences, energy surges, and generally how we are evolving. I connect with angels, guides, ascended masters, astral beings, those that come forward with messages to help us on our journey. Welcome, everyone. Hello, this is Lori Wondra. Welcome. Today, I want to talk about uh, setting intents out to the universe and then listening for the messages or being receptive to the messages that are coming in to us. And it, we're still in the new moon energy of January. So whenever you are listening to this podcast, it still applies. Anytime we're in a new moon cycle, it's a great time to set your intents out to the universe. We just happened to go through a new moon that was also an eclipse. So it's it's like an amplified new moon. New moons are about new beginnings. Uh, they are a great time to plant the seeds of the desires and the wishes and the dreams that we have. It's a great time to continue to work on the things that we have been working on, maybe to push them along a little bit. And it's in those times that we set those intents. The universe is listening to us in a more focused way. Uh, The universe is always listening to us. It's always listening. It's always responding. It's always interacting with us. It's an energetic exchange that we can continually have with everything around us. But anytime we focus on manifestation or setting our intents, the universe amps up and just says, okay, I've heard you and now I'm going to respond back to you. It's kind of like having a conversation with somebody. They either respond yes or they say something back or they nod their head and we receive that as a response. Sometimes we ignore that response. Sometimes we might not might not like that response, but it is a response in communication. And the universe is actually similar to that. And the universe is really paying attention to us now. In 2019, it's a highly developmental year for us to expand our visions, our dreams. Um, And I always think it's very, very important to continue to do that. It's not a one-time thing. I personally don't set my intents and then forget about them. I have them in a place that I can refer to them. I reaffirm what my intents are, but I'm always watching for the messages of the universe. And as I was meditating and preparing for this, um, I got a vision of a bowling alley. And if you've ever had the opportunity to bowl with bumpers, that's where they put bumpers up in the bowling alley lane, and it's virtually impossible to get a gutter ball. You bowl, and the bounce, the balls, uh, bowling ball bounces off the uh, the bumper, and it it realigns or gets back into the to the lane until it goes down and it hits the pins. And anytime you use bumpers, you you bowl pretty good because it's impossible to get a gutter ball, right? That's what I call course correcting. That's what happens when we hit the bumpers with, with the bowling ball is the bumpers provide a way for the ball to be course corrected. And what if the universe provides the same bumper control system, but we aren't aware of it? 
And because we all have free will, we can choose to override any of the messages or any of the information that's coming to us. Unlike the bumper system, you know, if the if the bowling ball hits the bumper, it's not going to leap over unless you're a crazy bowler. Um, but in the universe, the universe does provide that bumper system, and it's our choice to leap over. It might be a crazy move, but to leap over that uh, bumper there. We always have free will. And that can be a really good thing for us. And it can also kind of set us down some paths we weren't intending to go. But the universe is always asking or always transmitting messages. My question to you is, are you listening to the messages in a way that makes sense to you? Are you listening at all? Or are you so firm on your focus that you're failing to see what's placed in front of you? An example would be, if you are asking for something of the universe and you say, I, I want affirmation that you've heard me and I want it tomorrow at two o'clock and I want to see a hat blowing down the street. I mean, that's a that's very narrowly focused and, and the universe doesn't operate that way. There's subtleties and then there are smack in the face messages, but you have to be open to all of them. And when you limit your focus too much on uh, you're an expectation. Oftentimes we miss all the subtleties that come along because what if you got a different type of message through a song, through a billboard, um, through a phone call, through a note. Uh, there's, there's hundreds of ways to get messages, but other messages might come to us that have content that help us course correct what we're asking for. And so if we're simply asking for affirmation for something tomorrow Tuesday at two o'clock with a hat blowing down the street and the universe is saying no it's not going to happen that way you won't get that affirmation nor will you get any clues or any messages on how to course correct and so I ask again are you listening in a way that makes sense for you but are you also listening and being open in a way that makes sense for the universe to deliver those messages to you and a good way to develop is to practice. To practice setting your intents, focusing on one thing, setting your intents out to the universe, and then practice on what you're observing as what's coming back to you in the universe. And in order to set the intents or to be in that place of mindfulness, it's really best or easiest to quiet your mind. And oftentimes clients ask me, you know, how do I know the messages are coming to me? How do I, what do I do to prepare myself? And some of the well-known practices are um, breathing, focusing on your breathing, quietly journaling, just quiet time. If you can find a peaceful time for you to be in that space so that you can be open to hearing or seeing or um, being around what the universe might be delivering to you. Asking a question before I go to sleep at night. One of a, a good practice that I suggest to people is you keep a notebook alongside of your bed and you ask your question before you go to sleep. You actually write it down. And then in the morning when you wake up, grab that notebook and a pen and write down your first thoughts in the morning. Um, if you aren't getting any response to the question, then continue to ask that question uh, on a daily basis until you feel like you're getting a response or you're getting insight or you're getting... Um, you're getting some sort of message because it does require repetition and it, it requires that practice. Probably the best 
known or the best talked about way to connect and to receive messages is just quiet in your mind and doing that through meditation. And oftentimes when I suggest or I ask people, do you happen to meditate? First of all, people often think that it's a judgment. Like, And I hear this, no, I can't meditate or I've tried, it just doesn't work for me. And I see people's energy just become deflated. It's, it's not a judgment statement. I want to be totally honest, meditation does not fit everybody. I often am in a group and I'm speaking and and people will raise their hand and say, you know, they too said that they could never ever meditate and they just kept working on it and working on it and working on it. So they're, they're trying to encourage others in the room to just stick with it, stay with it, you know, don't give up. But for some people that human spirit is we, we dive into that judgment or we just, we get tired of trying and they struggle so those are the individuals that might struggle with meditation. And so that that recommendation to keep practicing and keep breathing and don't give up can actually be a little bit disheartening for those. And so that's why I say um, to, to try different ways. I particularly like walking. I'll walk for a long time and that's where I, I do a lot of my my contemplative thinking. I actually engage the brain. I think about my day. I think about classes I'm teaching. I just, I think other thoughts might come in. Other messages through my thoughts might come in. But I also notice that after a while, my thoughts or my things that I'm dealing on, the things that I, my humanness is, is working on fade away and more of nature, more of, of the messages of the universe, more of the free-flowing thoughts, love, um, other ideas, visions, those types of things start to filter in. But I have found over time, I have to get my mind out of the way. And so when we say meditating and breathing and focus on your breathing, it's it's just a tactic to get the mind out of the way. So much of our energy in our life is about doing. So even when we try to just be and be in that calmness, it, it is a doing action. And we need to think about it that way, is that even just simply being is an action of doing. It's a subtlety, but it is an action in our in our life. So as you hear, if someone has ever suggested to you that you meditate, I, first of all, I'd like to say, please don't judge yourself. You're not alone. Um, don't feel like it's something that you should be able to do. Uh, don't go into that, that mind game with yourself that I, I've been trying and trying and trying and trying and nothing works, so I just give up. And then you don't try any practices because you feel like a failure. There's steps along the way to help you take care of or handle the busyness of the mind. And I would just say, personally, from my perspective, um, for years I would have a, a busy mind and and finding a practice that was um, simple for me and that worked for me uh, so that I could process the things that I needed to process in my mind and my thinking and in that part of the brain and then clear that stuff out and then allow the other processing and the other messages to come in. Sometimes we might have a tendency to oversimplify or trivialize um, the diversity that we all are and everybody's different and I just want to point that out as it's a uh, honor the diversity that you have. We expend far too much energy trying to fit into something that doesn't fit us. And so what I would suggest to you is in 2019, find you. Find the thing that works for you 
to clear out the what I call rogue thoughts or thoughts that just spiral in your head, thoughts that that bring angst or panic or fear or or you feel that are are holding you back. Find you. And I want to talk a little bit about the diversity and and how we um how we grow and how, and how awesome or how amazing we are and why it is important that we understand for you to find you and and that you understand that everybody's different in this and not one size fits all. I want to break it down to very simple terms that we have three primary colors and I bet when I say that those that are listening to this podcast are racking their brains to kindergarten or preschool and saying what are the three primary colors well they're red yellow and blue and then there are three secondary colors and we get those by combining the three primary colors and again you can think they're red orange and purple and then there's six tertiary colors and we get those by creating the mixture of the primary and the secondary colors red orange yellow orange yellow green blue green purple violet and red violet now there's actually uh, psychophysicists that study, these are people who study human responses to things like seeing colors, to things in the world like light. So they have uh, built some studies and with careful measurements, they can measure our visual system's best performances. They've shown that we can see about 1,000 levels of light and dark, light, dark. We can see about 100 levels of red, green, and 100 levels of yellow, blue for one single viewing condition in a laboratory. So this means that the total number of colors that we can see is about 1,000 times 100 times 100 or 10 million. Isn't that fascinating? We have the ability to see about 10 million colors when you factor in the levels of light the levels of red and green, most of the primary colors, and the levels of yellow and blue. So now the technology person in me says, wait a minute, we've got this pixel system and computers and the technology of now. A computer actually displays about 16.8 million colors to create a full color picture, really more than necessary for most situations. However, the answer of what we see isn't so simple. What color looks like is greatly affected by the viewing conditions, right? The conditions include the coloring of the lighting, the amount of lighting, other colors in the scene. Colors also appear in different modes when they appear on different objects, such as surfaces like cement or wood or shiny surfaces. They also appear different under light sources and within the volume of color, just how much color is, is you're looking through. So, and put on top of that, different people also have slight differences in the way they see color, just in how our brain interprets, how our brain um, resonates with the colors and the lights and those things that we see. So I'm going to play this out in numbers for you. So since we see at least 10 million colors in a single viewing and the variety of viewing conditions and observers is endless then the only true correct answer is infinity. We see infinity of colors. 
But if we take 10 million colors times 10 million lighting types, 10 million lighting levels, 10 million surrounding colors times, let's just say 6 billion people in the world, times three modes of viewing, we get a really, really huge number. And actually we get the number 18 followed by 33 zeros. That's 18 decillion. Okay, 18 followed by 33 zeros is 18 decillion. That might not quite be infinity, but it's close enough. For our purposes and what our brain can comprehend, it's infinity. We have the ability to see infinite colors. Now, I'm just taking three primary colors and playing with our one sense, with our eyesight and how lighting our levels of darkness and shadow fit in. But think about the other senses that we have. What if we put into play how we interpret messages or how we interpret seeing things, hearing things, tasting things, feeling things? Those senses interact with the external influences of the universe. I, it's mind-boggling. I can't even put numbers behind this. We have infinite ways of how we sense our world around us. And that means we have infinite ways of interpreting and receiving messages. And so when you are taught or told how to meditate or how to connect with angels and guides, these are just simply ideas for you. And I want you to hear them as such as they're ideas. They might not be the right thing for you. Try. Try some. Try some different variations. Don't be afraid to be courageous and try some things that maybe your your brain is telling you to do. It's not something that somebody else is, is telling you. And for heaven's sakes, don't allow or don't fall into the rabbit hole of judging yourself because you're not doing it right to what somebody else is saying because we have infinite possibilities in how we present ourselves in the world and how we interpret things in the world. So there would be infinite ways to approach any situation. I want you to take advantage of that. So the question is, is, you know, are you listening? Are you listening to the messages of the universe? Are you open to listening to the messages of the universe? Are you seeing the messages of the universe? And I want to back up a little bit. Listening, it could be as simple as you're in an office building. It's in the middle of winter. All the windows are closed and suddenly you see, you hear a blue jay outside squawking. It's that I would interpret as that's a message from somebody. That's a message about maybe maybe there's someone in your life that's squawking in your ear, or speaking too loudly or overpowering your messages or, or not allowing you to speak your truth. The same would be true if you were sitting quietly and, and you hear a hawk above. Um, those are how nature interacts with us. And, and as humans, we have a tendency to be drawn more to the nature, or the natural elements. They're just a higher frequency. And some of us are in offices all day, or we might be in lower frequency. So it's a it's a disruption. It's a high frequency into a lower frequency environment. It's kind of like turning a light on. It's uh, if you're in the dark and you turn the light switch on, you you uh, realize it's a it's a break in your sensory. And so an animal coming into a sound of an animal 
coming into a stillness breaks that energy and so we have a tendency to hear it more. So in the senses of hearing you also might hear high buzz pitches or a high whistle or um, ringing in your ears that you can't really decipher what it is and those might be codes and keys that are coming in from the universe but if it's all of a sudden just there it is a subtlety, a message from the universe. And oftentimes when I get those, I acknowledge it. I thank whoever is transmitting that to me. I, I ask that if there's something more I need to know about what I'm experiencing, that please give it to me in a, a way that I know um, that I don't have to see or feel or touch. I just get a knowing that, oh, I, it, they're delivering this message to me. So in the senses of smelling, um, noticing uh, what you smell. You know, sometimes air in itself can smell sweet, sour. Um, Sometimes we say we might smell tobacco or roses or we might smell cookies baking or a memory of a loved one. But there's other times where we have a a smelling or a sensory of smell that we might not be able to identify and and oftentimes if I have that experience I again ask for more information in a way that my brain my human brain can figure out what it is if it's what I'm supposed to know what it is tasting um, our taste buds and and again here that here's one of those senses is just like smelling that some people are more acute in that area and some people they maybe have duller uh, taste buds or can tolerate some tastes in foods and and not in others but when I'm working with clients I get get tastes in my mouth when I'm dealing with loved ones that have crossed over and over the years I've I've learned to identify what the tastes mean and I explain that to clients as I'm meeting with them I also might get where I um I salivate a lot more during certain situations and I've learned over the years to decipher what that message means as I'm as I'm working with people and feeling you know we we've had this um, we probably all can identify where the hair stands up on our arms or in the back of our neck Um, but there's other sensory like all of a sudden if you're feeling an ache in your back or your knee starts hurting or you're feeling a warm rush of energy move across you or or a cool Uh, rush of energy move across you Uh, being open and using all of your senses and a combination of all of those is really important because the universe will deliver the messages to us that makes the most sense to us so that's why I say find you find what makes most sense to you and that's how the universe will deliver those messages those affirmations confirmations the the bumper um guards for you the the things that will nudge you and urge you to get back on track when you're setting your intents or you're looking for help or guidance in in the universe so tonight i also i wanted to introduce a meditation uh, a way of taking the the busy mind so this is really for those of you that have have um, 
try it or, or meditate and you find that the minute you sit down, you suddenly have thoughts flowing into your mind and then you stop. After a few minutes, you're like, oh, I just can't do this. I've, I'm thinking too much. You know, I'm thinking about I have to do the dishes or I think I've got to pay the bills or I've, I've got this problem at work tomorrow. I, I just can't sit here quietly. I've got to get these things resolved. So this meditation, I'm going to allow your busy mind to work. I I encourage that and then we're going to bring it down into our feeling area which is the compass area of our our light and hold it there and explore it a little bit and see if that busyness of the mind you can bring resolution to that or you can bring calmness to that so that you can you can move forward in a, uh, a different level of light as we meditate. So right now, I'd like you to find a very a quiet place. If you're listening now, just to relax, sit back, and take a deep breath and relax. And I'd like at this point for you to say to yourself that I am open to all the divine messages from the universe that are available to me. I am open to all the divine messages from the universe that are available to me at this time. I turn on all filters and the receiving points that will allow this information to come to me. I turn on my filters and all my receiving points that will allow this information to come to me. And continue to breathe and relax. And I'd like you to notice what thoughts are swirling around, what thoughts are coming to you. And for a moment you might attempt or think about pushing it away. I want you to notice what thoughts are swirling around that just continue to come back to you. And just notice if there's a consistent thought that you keep going back to. And you might find that consistent thought, or in this practice, some people like to pick the first thought that enters this space. But I'd like you just to allow yourself to think about that thought. So in this space, in this moment, in this time, you're open to all the divine messages from the universe that are available to you. You've turned on the filters and the receiving points. So now you are open to allow the information to come to you. And as you allow yourself to think about this thought, now pull this thought down into your heart. Pull it down into that feeling center and notice how you feel about what you're thinking. Notice about how you feel about what you are thinking about. Be curious if you can identify if this feeling is happy, sad, anxious, fearful, nervous, excited. I want you to notice what you feel. And you might also be feeling this in a a different part of the body. It might be in that heart center, but you also might be feeling it move up your spine. 
I want you to feel. And as you do this, you might find that you are feeling multiple feelings. You also might find that you're not able to succinctly define exactly what you're feeling. So just allow yourself to be in this place for just a bit longer. Allowing yourself to bounce between thinking, thinking the thought, and feeling. Thinking the thought, and then what are you feeling about this thought? And do this until you relax. Do this until you relax to a point that you can get a good sense of the feeling. This is the time that you allow your internal compass to begin to register and settle. It's like if you were to hold a compass and you physically spin around and then you stop. You have to allow the compass to settle, to register this spot. And this is what you are doing between this thought that you've pulled down into your heart and the feeling that you have about this thought. You are allowing the compass to settle. And acknowledge your feelings and what your internal compass has provided. What insight. Because as your compass settles, you might gain insight into this thought. You might gain action, resolution, understanding. You might find you're at a point that you don't even remember what the thought was. You're now just feeling and you're now just floating. You're now just in a space of peace. And once you find your your spot here, you can begin to converse with the universe asking questions or just being in the space of listening, feeling, noticing your senses. And thinking for a moment, how are you using your senses? Are you aware of all your senses? What you're smelling now? What you're tasting? Knowing. What are you knowing now? And take a deep breath. I want you to come back into your physical body. Take a deep breath and relax. And you can thank the universe for hearing you, for bringing you messages. Letting the universe know you'll be back to converse again. This is just the beginning. So as we completed that meditation, I want you to notice just how calm you feel. It was just a very simple, quick meditation that you can do at any time. And 
what we're doing is we're changing the brain patterns. We're changing the brain patterns, a new way of working with our sensory system, working with a new way of connecting and communicating with the universe. Oftentimes when we think about communicating with the universe, we think about talking. But the universe is sensory, and so we want to use all our senses. And when we undertake a practice such as meditation or even journaling, it's said to to take three to four hundred times before the brain synopsis change, before the brain becomes rewired and the energy flows in a different way so that it just becomes a normal activity. We don't have to think about doing it. It just, the brain just takes over. It becomes locked into memory. 300 to 400 times. That's a lot. And you might say, yikes, 300 to 400 times. Why does it take so long? I want to do it now. I I want to shift now. And that's the reality of our brain. It just takes that many times to embed something into memory. But statistics show that if you do a same activity with play or while you're having fun, it only takes 20 to 30 times. It only takes 20 to 30 times for the synopsis to change. So I think about how quickly children learn when they're in that playful state, when they're young. Just the magnitude of what they're learning between birth and let's say five years old is is insane it's but it's also needing a lot of playtime and a lot of laughter so I'd like you to think about your practice and the practice that we just did is it's it's not going to be playful laughing but look at it as a joyful time not as a chore or a task or something I have to do or something I'm fearful of failing But it's something I'm really excited to do and I'm joyful about doing it because I'm going to connect to the universe in a different way than I've connected before. And I'm going to allow my mind to just do what my mind wants to do and that's to process thoughts. And I'm going to allow my heart to do what it needs to do and today it's going to act as that compass and today they're going to work together. And practicing that over 20 to 30 times will shift you in your ability to quickly get into a state of calm and understanding that you don't have to just go quiet in the mind. There will be space for you to follow those thoughts and there will be messages and help along the way to course correct. So the next time you set intense out to the universe, I want this, or I need help in this, or I'd really like to focus in this. Those are all great intents and wishes and visions and and things that we want to continue to interact with the universe. But then watch and be aware of how the universe is communicating back to you. Because if you're getting a message back, and it might not be one that you don't like. The universe could be telling you this is not the right intent for you or it's not the right time or tweak it just a little bit so that you do get your wish but it doesn't look exactly like what you first said. Be aware because the universe is always, always, always listening and always, always, always communicating to us. It just might not be in the way that you 
have expected it to be in the past. So in 2019, my hope for you is that you find you and you find your method of communicating to the universe. Be aware of times that you're shutting down. You might be shutting down because it's not the way you're supposed to do it. It's the way that you've been told to do it and it doesn't work for you. So try again, but do it in a way that's right for you. And just remember that any self-criticism is an energy killer. And we're working on opening up and expanding the energy fields, tapping into those sources that are available to us at any time. So please, listen and learn. Listen and learn. And in 2019, find you. This is Lori Wonder of Your Life Core. Thank you for listening.